Hi, and welcome to Behind the Drag, a new podcast from In the Know that takes you behind the scenes with some of the biggest names in the world of drag. In this series, you get to meet the people and stories behind some of the most iconic drag personas. From what makes them tick to how drag has shaped their lives, they're spilling all the tea. On today's episode, we're talking to drag artists Violet Tchotchke, Iris Spector, and Jupiter about how they incorporate unique and elaborate fashion and costuming into their drag performance. Let's get into it. I've always been a rule breaker and a rebel, and I love creating my own game. The number one most important thing is having a strong vision for yourself and for your life and not stopping until you make it happen. Hi everyone, it's me, Violet Tchotchke. I'm 28 years old. I currently live in Los Angeles, California. I'm an international drag superstar and a self-proclaimed fashion icon. Violet is confident, sexy, aesthetic-driven, glamorous. I really have my signature face that's sort of vampire-esque, really arched eyebrows, grayscale with a red lip. It's just a really simple, clean face. It's true to my aesthetic and classic in that way. It's kind of timeless. For me, drag has always been about rebellion and also escapism. I think being able to creative direct your own world is super powerful and it's beautiful. I grew up in the South. I grew up in Atlanta and it's super diverse, super queer, super gay. It's sort of like the gay mecca of the South. I went to a Catholic school and it was almost even more apparent wearing a uniform that I was different. I just stood out. I was constantly getting in trouble, constantly trying to break the rules. I just like transformation, I like glamour, I like the creativity that goes into it. I was always really creative as a child. So my drag aesthetic is really driven by glamour and vintage aesthetics as well as fetish aesthetics. One of my favorite things to do is to kind of define vintage pieces and either get them reproduced in my size or kind of take elements from them and recontextualize them in new ways. Here's a good example. So this is a vintage pattern and I had the pattern adjusted to my size. It's from the 40s, but you can kind of tell by the pattern alone how vintage, like true vintage it is. Even when I was coming up in the drag scene, I was known as sort of the rule breaker, the rebel, the bad girl. I started my drag character basically based off of Betty Page. That was sort of my first icon that I was like, that's the kind of woman that I really love. I always was inspired by like really big, dominant, know what they want, go-getter type of women. That's sort of the woman that I wanted to reference and that inspires me. My aesthetic is really classic beauty and classic glamour. Knowing who you are and delivering at all times is super important for me as a drag queen on this level. I started watching Drag Race, I think in 2009, and I auditioned for season six, and I didn't get on. And I auditioned for season seven, and I got on. Drag Race is a huge opportunity for us to elevate drag culture, to tell our stories, and it really is a career maker. I've gotten to work with some of my biggest inspirations that are really iconic people. Stephen Klein, Stephen Mizell, Pat McGrath, Jeremy Scott, Prada, Jean-Paul Gaultier, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I can't even believe that fashion is a whole other world and it's a fantasy and I think it all creates another realm that you can kind of escape into. The fashion world and the drag world kind of share that. They all sort of create their own rules, their own environment, their own atmosphere, their own hierarchy. It's a really beautiful thing. This weekend, 
All thanks to Miss Coronavirus, we are doing a drag drive-in show. I'm excited for tonight. It's nice to just see the girls. Like, that's kind of the most fun thing. It's just being able to kiki with the girls. Currently, drag is my living. It provides a form of escape, provides a form of creativity. It's definitely an outlet for me. It's a community for me. It's not even just a job. It's much more than that. It's exactly where I, where I want to be. It's what I want to be doing right now. It's powerful, it's impactful. It feels like I have a legacy that I've built. I feel like I've made my little notch in history. Anything that is happening in my head or in my life, none of that matters when I'm on that stage as Iris. My name is Dylan Kep, uh, otherwise known as Iris Spectre. My name is Iris Spectre, and I am a drag performer and costumer here in Philadelphia. I, I just, I wake up and I need to create something every day. It's just in my core. When you think about Dylan as an entity and Iris as an entity, they're really not separate at all. There is no real, like, distinction between the two. They aren't different. It's just that extra little level of candy coating where I get to actually be what I'm making. So I would say, I'm a designer and costumer first, and then queen, because the queen kind of was born out of it. If I can picture something immediately, the second I see it, if I can see exactly what I'm gonna make out of it, then I just, I just grab it. And I kind of just picked up a sewing machine in like my sophomore year of high school. I asked for one for Christmas and Santa delivered, and I just started making things. How many yards of the black would we need? This I'm definitely gonna get five of. I would say it started off being Dylan creating for Iris, who I didn't even know existed yet. Drag queen dream right here. Just like pre-stoned, you don't have to do any of the work. <laughs> it just feels expensive, I love her. The more and more that I did it, the more and more I found that I loved it. And I just applied to fashion school and I got in. Ooh, it's magic. It gives it texture. I'll take it, thank you. Yes, cool. <laughs> Uh, so today we bought this black four-way stretch sequin, and by the end of the day, you're gonna see me in a beautiful black sequin gown. It's gonna look amazing. Sewing is so therapeutic. I'll just sit here and pin things and sew things. It's just like, it's my happy place. The difference between Iris Spectre and Dylan is that Dylan is kind of Iris's caretaker. And I am also, as Iris, Dylan's caretaker in many ways. I'm like this beautiful dress-up creature that kind of comes out of Dylan and Dylan's traumas. It's a hand-in-hand -hand kind of relationship. I'd say that's a pretty good fit. My dad and I had a very tumultuous relationship. It was good when it was good, but when it was bad, it was... While I was at school, in my freshman year, my dad actually died of a drug overdose. And when I got to school and that happened, it kind of just took the air right out of me. I was just like, what do I do? I was trying to figure out what my life was gonna be because like, everything just stopped. Everything was put on pause. I didn't know what to do. Putting on the makeup for me felt like such a juxtaposition between my day life and this night life. Iris was kind of born out of me trying to cope with the trauma of losing a parent. What's gonna be great is today with this new outfit, I get to try out what kind of a face creatively, like what's gonna look good with it. I'm so excited to put all that on. Maybe a black lip would be really good. Black lip for today is good. 
When you change the shape of your face, you become an entirely different person. It's why I love the transformation process, why I love drag. You get to be whatever you want. Looking myself in the mirror the first time I ever put on makeup, I looked at myself and I said, I'm here. I'm finally here. I had no idea how deep Iris was in my soul and how much I needed her. I think Iris kicks in and I truly become Iris the second I finish my eyeliner and put my lashes on. And I can even tell in the way I look into the mirror, it goes from like makeup phase to like, oof, she's ready. So when you come to an Iris Spectre show, you're going to encounter a good time from start to finish. Whenever I'm on stage, expect the unexpected. I'm gonna make you cry, laugh, or whatever else you got going on. I'm gonna get a reaction out of you some way. Some of the looks that I've created are this full blue stretch vinyl outfit. I've done a lot of sequin suits. I've done a full Mad Hatter outfit. And of course, from my one woman show, Shades of Brocade, a full array of brocade fabric outfits. Dylan took something that was two-dimensional or an idea, something that wasn't even in a physical form, turned it into something three-dimensional, and then I live as the art. I think that I need Iris still. If I never designed again, if I had to have my clothing made by somebody else for the rest of my life, if I still got to be on stage and perform and have that moment, I would be happy. I would encourage everybody, try drag, try performing, try be a performance artist, put yourself out there. Do something that you wouldn't expect to do today. Anything that I do, the biggest thing is to have no fear. If my dad were here, I think he would be proud of, of what I've accomplished, especially within drag and the way that I was able to deal with everything. With any craft, if you continue to just push and try new things, that's how you grow in any artistic field. And I hope to grow in that way by pushing myself to do things that I never thought I would do. That's how I want people to see me, somebody who's always gonna be trying something new and building a new audience to see that, that's the kind of respect that, that fuels me. It's that exchange, that respect for one another that's where it is. That's the I respect her. That's, that's when I want people to say, oh, I really, I respect her for what she does and the way that she does it. That's what I want. My favorite thing that I enjoy about drag is the transformation. I want to show different spectrums of characters and different people and different versions of what drag can be. Being able to embody different places is just honoring that idea of fluidity and that we're constantly changing and that we can be a different person every day we wake up. My name's Ben and I'm known as Jupiter on the internet and beyond. <laughs> My aesthetic is somewhere between a cartoon villain and an alien deity. I want Jupiter to always be changing and growing and inhabiting so many different personas. People's reactions are always fun. What are you? What do I call you? Are you a drag queen? I love that because I love messing with the norm. I would call myself a drag performer because I sometimes feel more feminine or I feel more masculine or I, I feel more <laughs> monstrous. And 
I wanted to push that boundary of what drag was because of all of the different experiences we have as people. I think of all of us as such a spectrum of who we are and how we navigate the world that I wouldn't ever want to put myself in one box. I'm originally from Aurora, Colorado. Growing up queer in Colorado was a lot about breaking out of the homogeny that suburbia can be. I knew that I was different. I knew that I didn't like the, the blonde haired cheerleader. <laughs> and it was a lot of self-discovery. Because I came out young, I didn't really have any reference to what being queer was or, or what doing drag was. My version of it was watching cartoons and anime and all of these queer coded villains that I looked up to. And so that was kind of my North Star for what I created and, and what inspired me to create Jupiter. The first time that I put on makeup, I was stealing makeup palettes from my mom's bathroom and I was dipping in <laughs> eyeshadow and eventually covered my whole face. I would do the makeup in my bathroom and essentially like unlock the door, look around and like run to my room very quickly. Eventually I got caught just, <laughs> you know, coming out of the bathroom, just blue. My mom was like, this is a new look for you. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> My parents eventually were, were really excited to see what I was doing and what I was creating. And I'm really thankful for that I had a family that, that supported what I did. I didn't know about drag until I got into college. And I went to my first drag show and realized that there was this whole world of people that were doing the same kind of things that I was wanting to do. And so that first show that I went to kind of had this like, third eye opening moment of understanding that this is not only something that I can do, but a space that I think I can do well in and wanted to pursue. My journey with Jupiter has been really cool. Jupiter has allowed me to meet people around the world, has allowed me to, to photograph people that I wouldn't have met before. One of my close friends is Evie Oddly. When Evie got onto RuPaul's Drag Race, I got to work with her and photograph all of the looks that she had done. And so getting to pair my photography and my drag is essentially what I've always been striving toward. I think we're moving away from this idea of drag is a gay man doing female impersonation and, and moving toward this idea of drag as transformation rather than subscribing to a binary in an art form that is created by people that break that, that common code. I love the possibilities of drag because they're endless, always growing, it's always changing, and I always wanna be at the front of those changes. For more stories from In The Know, go to inthenow.com. You can also follow In The Know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. A big thank you to Violet Chopsky, Iris Spector, and Jupiter for sharing their stories. Stay tuned for more episodes of Behind the Drag. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.